You're listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to Splash, Woo-hoo! the podcast that offers some love and laughter to hopefully rehydrate your soul. I know it does mine. I'm Shalene Bryan, and I'm here with my buddy, Barbara Cameron. Hello, everyone. And today, we're going to take you out to the ball game. Take me out to <laughs> you the sing ball it. That's right. game. Any baseball fans out there ever heard of five-time World Series winner, pitcher, pitcher, Andy Pettit? That's not my guess, but you know what they say, behind every great man is his wife. Who is awesome. That's right. (laughs) So welcome to the Splash Zone, Laura Pettit. Hi, Laura. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, she is all the way in Houston. We are talking to her remotely, but we are so excited. Laura is a dear friend of Barbara and mine, and we are so excited to have her in the Splash Zone. Um, Laura, do you remember when you first met me? Oh yes, I do. <laughs> How can we forget? <laughs> I, I just do. I remember when Barbara and I met your brother Todd, mm-hmm. and after we had had a dinner with him, we get in the car and he looked back at me and he said, "Shalene, you and my sister would That's be right. best friends." Mm-hmm. I remember that. <laughs> you need to meet yep. Laura. I go, I'm in, Todd. If she's anything like you, because he was just amazing. Oh, But listen, I want you to tell our listeners, because Laura, you and Andy have sort of a fairy tale story, because you met in high school, and you end up with four children, one grandbaby, and five World Series rings, right? (laughs) So tell our listeners, splash us with how you and Andy met. Um, Okay, so I was actually in eighth grade. Um, just a baby. I know. Eighth grade. And Andy was actually a sophomore in high school. Um, we were only like a year and a half apart. And first of all, excuse the way I sound because I've been a little sick. We love it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so he was, we're actually a a year and a half apart in age, but, um, he, he was brought to church, my church. My dad was my pastor. And he was brought to church by a friend of mine. It was actually kind of a boy that I kind of dated as well. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he introduced us. And um, I mean, I don't know. The rest is history. It, it, I wouldn't say that it was like love at first sight, but um, we just kind of started talking. And I went on my first real date with him and several other couples. It was a dump, you know, like a triple date for homecoming. And ever since then, we've just... Made it work. We've been together. Wow. I love that. It's funny because in a culture, people kind of poo-poo like getting married young. That's right. Because, you know, Blake met Grace in eighth grade, and they've been married two years, not as long as you guys yet. But it's like, I love it. Mm -hmm. And it's like people are trying to encourage people out there. No, sow your wild oats. Like, go, you know, go dream. (laughs) Sleep around. Yeah. Um, Go do all of that and then maybe get married. But you guys have proven that wrong, and I just love it. Well, um, I mean, I believe we had a really strong foundation from the get-go. Um, both of us were, you know, Christians at young ages. And mm. I just think that, you know, from, the, from, the, from day one of our relationship, we, of course, we were immature. You know, we were young. But I think we also, too, you know, we did devotions together and, and mm. read the Bible together. And we just made it known that we wanted the Lord to be the center of our relationship. And um, that's just kind of... I think what got us started, obviously, on the right path, and 
um, trusting each other and just um, trusting in the Lord to just take our relationship where it needs to go. You know, you were with him for this whole journey, right? I mean, it's one thing to be dating a guy when you're in eighth grade that goes, I like baseball. I think a lot <laughs> of people listening, their sons probably play baseball, their daughters might play softball, their husband plays baseball. But you were with Andy from college to the minors to the majors. And sometimes, you know, when you're chasing a dream and it's not happening, um, in our time frame, how did you how did you guys deal with that? I mean, how did you guys how did you go through that? Where where was your mind? I mean, here he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a pro baseball player, and you're like, you know, how are we going to pay the rent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously, you know, going into it, you don't. Of course, that was forever his dream to be a professional baseball player, um, and you know, dating dating all through high school, I got to watch him play baseball on the high school varsity team. You know, he went to state, and I got to go to Austin to see that. Um, but you know, once he, so I was a senior in high school when he was, um, or actually I was a junior in high school, his first year of college. And Where did he go to college? To, he just went to a little junior college down here named San Jack. Okay. And, uh, Sanderson, uh, Sanderson, uh, junior college, which was a really good junior college at the time, had a great baseball team and he wanted to go there. He actually had the opportunity to sign with the university of Texas. But the Yankees signed him to what they back then they called it a control draft. Right out of high school, they signed him to where he could not talk to any other teams through college. So he chose to go to one year junior college because if you go to a, a four year school, then you have to go until your junior year or until you can get drafted again. Oh, okay. So, so he got drafted out of high yeah. school. Well, they yeah, it was they had control like, over him. Control draft, yeah, they wow. had control over him. So, so he couldn't really talk to any other teams. And so, once he went to one year of junior college, they drafted him, hmm. and you know, he immediately went into the minor leagues. And then I was a senior in high school by this time, and um, so he was off, you know, playing in the minor leagues. I believe at this time he was in Greensboro, North Carolina, and came home for Christmas break. He was home for the off season, and. We got engaged my senior year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I He's know. like, put a ring on it. <laughs> I would die if, that was, you know, if my daughter came to me wanting to get engaged as a senior. I mean, she's a senior right now. There's no chance. Come on. But, um, Come on, Mama. <laughs> yeah. If the Lord builds <laughs> the yeah, house. So, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> never so, say never, Laura. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I just. Him playing in the minor leagues, we got married a year later after I graduated high school. And I remember sitting at one of the baseball games. I moved to Virginia, and we were in, in Virginia for that whole first year of our marriage. And I remember sitting at the game, looking through the program. And at the back of the program, it had every baseball player's name who had gone through that minor league organization with the Yankees. And there was an asterisk by each name of the guys who had actually made it to the big leagues. And there was very few with asterisks. And so I'm sitting there looking at this program going, oh, no. Like, this is, we should be here for a long time. I don't know. Um, but you know what? The Lord just obviously was in control of that. And he blessed Andy. And ooh, he got called up. Yeah, what was that moment like was, when you guys got the news that Andy was being called up to the major leagues? Was that during the strike? It was. So he was only in the minor leagues for three years. And then... Um, that second or third year, I can't remember. I, yeah, the second year of his minor league career, I'd gotten pregnant with Josh, my oldest. Mm. And then, so obviously the next year, which would be the year he was called up, 
we had Josh, he was only six months old, and they carried several extra players um, for the se- that season because once the strike ended, they just needed a few extra players because their, their spring training was cut short. They didn't have enough players to be ready. And so Andy just happened to be one of those players, one of the pitchers. And he, I, I don't remember like when his actual first start was. It was in the beginning of the season, obviously. But one of the starting pitchers who had been, been very seasoned with the Yankees, um, great player, named Jimmy Key, he um, was injured. And so because of his injury, Andy was thrown in there to the starting role. And lo and behold, at the end of the season, he came second for rookie of the year. So, wow. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Really worked in that. I, I, of course, and you know, we all think he should have won rookie of the year. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. He, he came in second. So God just totally blessed that, that whole situation. It was, it was pretty awesome. Wow. Well, you you know, you hear that Major League Baseball players and Barbara, your son-in-law mm-hmm. was a was a hockey, hockey player mm-hmm. and they traveled a lot and mm-hmm. they, they rarely live full time in a city, mm-hmm. you know, in the same city. Um, how did you guys navigate that? Well, um, I mean, you were pregnant. You were, yeah, you had, had a, a baby, couple, yeah. right? Yes. Um, so I had Josh and we lived in a little in a, in a high rise building over in New Jersey, which was just over the George Washington Bridge. Um, from New York and you know it was just a big experience for me because here I am this little preacher's kid sheltered and coming into New York you know this whole different lifestyle um, with a six-month-old it was pretty big deal so you know we just but we just made it work I you know ended up having four kids and we would you know fly to New York and we would stay with you know Andy in, in either an apartment whatever we would rent um, later on down the road, we ended up buying a house there, but, um, you know, I would just, we, we would pull the kids out of school here towards the end of the school year. And then we would live the whole summer in New York and then kind of just made it work with our schools. Our schools would let them miss and then we'd bring them back in and then we'd miss again. I mean, it was just kind of crazy. It was a crazy lifestyle for sure. But thankfully, but you kept our, the family together. we kept the family together. Andy yeah. was very... Um, strong about keeping us together, like not going more than like 10 to 12 days without seeing each other. Cause you know, baseball that. players, they're, they're on the road at like every other week right. usually. And um, sometimes two weeks at a time, but most of the time it's like a week long road trip. Right. But yeah, so we would, you know, if we were in Texas and we couldn't get to New York, then we would meet him on the road somewhere. But we were almost always in New York with him until the kids got older. Then we would just really be in and out of an airport every other week, just traveling to meet him somewhere. Wow. You know, people think know. of it as so glamorous, you know, four mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. a yeah, back and play. Yeah, it's not glamorous. Not when you're sitting, <laughs> when you're sitting in the airport, in Newark airport at almost one o'clock in the morning with four kids and your flight got canceled. Oh. And your luggage is still with on the airplane. No, it's not glamorous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here you have such a close knit family in Texas, you know, you're, you're thinking you're living on the same street. You got help from mom and siblings with the kids, and yet you're just on mm-hmm. the road being an excellent wife, supporting your man. That's, that was my role for sure. Yeah. That was just, and that was just, I feel like, you know, up until five years ago when he retired, I mean, that was, I believe what God had me doing, you know, it was just to be there for my husband. Um, but of course, raise my children. Um, but just to make sure that we were there as a family and mm-hmm. to keep that all intact. I wanted you to share with our listeners, you described, you know, I remember you sharing with me about just living in a glass house, you know, how as a pastor's daughter, 
you were always under a microscope. How was that for you? And I think it sort of was maybe preparing you because you think you're under a microscope at your church in Texas and then you become Andy Pettit's wife. Yeah, I just, <laughs> it's crazy. I think that, you know, and I never realized it until I guess later down the down the years into his career, but I look back and, you know, being a preacher's kid, I would not trade it for the world. I love living in a preacher's home. Um, you know, walking up and down the hallway at my house, seeing my dad laying across his bed literally daily, just studying the Word. Mm. And just, you know, I have great memories, you know, of being a preacher's kid and just running around the church, you know, just living at the church, literally. Um, But yeah, we were definitely, I think, held to a higher standard in most people's eyes. And, you know, it's kind of unfair for kids, especially, but... um, yeah, I mean, like I was on the drill team, you know, in high school, and I we had, you know, certain women would comment to my mom or, may, you know, comment behind my mom's back even, you know, that What's I shouldn't wrong be wearing with drill the, team? you know, well, I shouldn't be wearing the skirts that the oh, drill team oh. wears, you know, like, <laughs> so, you know, just little things like that, but yeah, and just, I think just the perfectionism that mm. I think comes along with the persona of being a preacher's kid, like, it just. It was hard. Definitely at times it was hard, but I still thoroughly loved it and wouldn't trade it for the world. But I look back and I do, with all my heart, believe God was truly preparing me as a child and as a teenager to step into this humongous glass house, Mm. you know? And um, I mean, obviously there's bigger glass houses than what I was in, you know, as far as celebrity status, but being a professional athlete's wife was, you know, definitely challenging at times, um, just from the world standpoint, you know, I just, I definitely dealt with some things that were hard, you know, at times, and you have to just kind of step back and remember who you are and just remember whose you are, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that those, that those things aren't important, you know, and that you have to just kind of let, let go. But as a woman, I can sit here and say, I mean, I would be lying if I didn't let it affect me in some way or, or another. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about that a little bit because I remember you sharing something with me that I thought was so powerful, and I think people listening need to really lean in right now because it's one thing, buddy, Barbara, listen to this. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be supporting your man and his dreams, and he hits the 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 grand slam of it all. You know, he is the man on the on the Yankees, the pitcher winning the series. But it's like, when did that make you have to be a supermodel? I don't know. But people would just be crazy cool. And I remember even mm-hmm. Candace sharing stories mm-hmm. about hockey wives. And mm-hmm. you could talk mm-hmm. to basketball wives. Mm-hmm. If you went down the gamut, mm-hmm. football wives, mm-hmm. girlfriends I know mm-hmm. who husband play football. And they're like, how come my husband can throw a football well and now I'm supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, Heather Locklear, you know? Okay, buddy, you just dated yourself. <laughs> Heather Locklear? Okay, Beyonce. I mean, that's like... What? what would you say? <laughs> Bo Derek for me? I mean, I'm like, <laughs> okay. Come on. Okay. So it's like, it's like being Beyonce. Okay. How about good. that? Right, okay. There better. we go. Oh, the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for you, how did you deal with that? Here, your husband's in the public eye because he can throw a, a baseball great. And then you're, you're getting criticized for things that aren't even their business. Right. And they don't yeah. even know so- you. Don't even know me. Yeah. I, you, you know, back when internet, when internet started becoming popular, I, I don't even know how many years ago it was, but 
my kids were young and I remember a friend of mine introducing me basically to the internet and to the inter- the, the world of Google oh. <laughs> and finding out that I could actually Google myself was probably one of the worst things I could have ever done because I came across a lot of things that were just very, mm. oh my gosh, very hurtful. Mm. And, um, you know, just down to the way I dress, the way I look, you know, the way, just Ugh. my hair, just everything, you know, and, um, obviously these are women and their fans that want my husband <laughs> at the time. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, you know? Um, but it's still hurtful, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm human just like everyone else and I have a heart and, um, mm. just having to deal with that. Sometimes, oh gosh, on a weekly basis. But that's where I think, you know, the internet can be so damaging and you just have to step away. Mm. And I'm not real good at that, you know, and I, I, I am, I'm better, but, you know, at, at the time I had to just really step back and, you know, I have a great husband who would always encourage me no matter what and I knew loved me. Um, but just having to deal with those little things, you know, dealing with, you know, women at the baseball games, even I could see him pitch, you know, I'd be watching him pitch sitting in the stands with all the other wives and I can see other women wearing his shirt. And some of them would actually know who I was. And it's like, they were trying to flaunt, you know, to me, it's just silly things I would have to deal with, you know, that, that they, you know, women just, uh, they just want to tear you down, you know, in those kind of situations. And, mm. It's just, it was definitely difficult to deal with. So, so my question, Laura, is, um, so you shared that with Andy. You let him know that there were these hurtful things being said about you and he would come alongside you and he encouraged you and let you know that how much he loved you and all of that. Is this hitting close to home for you, Barbara? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm just, I think for many women in the world, I mean... It feels good when your husband validates that. That's right. I mean, is that what Andy would do? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He was just so great in that area. And Andy's one that for sure does not like the spotlight. So that was definitely pretty helpful, I think, Mm. that we weren't in the spotlight too much. Um, But yeah, he's like, Laura, I mean, these people don't even know us. Like, you just gotta, you just gotta blow it off. Like, these people live on the internet. Like, that's their life. Like, they're crazy. (laughs) Tell Um, us about the parade, though. Oh my gosh, when you told me that story, I was dying. (laughs) The big Yankees World Series wins, a big parade in New York. Did you know about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell Barbara. Yeah, this is great. So I'm pretty sure that this was the first parade that we were in because, you know, we were in many. <laughs> you were in five, um, but anyway. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we, you know, the, the New York parades are amazing. When, when their teams win, they do it up big. And so they let the wives and the kids ride on the floats with their husbands. And so we're on our own float with all the pictures. I think all the starting pictures. And me and Andy are kind of at the front of the float. And if you can just, try to give you a picture of this if you can just imagine just i mean seas of people it's just billions of people and right. all you can see is heads and they're like like practically on top of each other and they're hanging out the windows of all the office buildings you know three stories high and they're throwing full of paper down at us and just crazy stuff so i'm just you know taking it all in we're all taking it all in and all of a sudden a baseball literally flies right up to me and andy and almost hits me in the face Andy just so happens to put his hand out and catches the ball. <laughs> and I, 
was like, oh my gosh. He looked at me. We can't even hear each other, by the way, because it's so loud. So loud, loud. Oh, right. Oh my gosh. And he's like, oh my gosh, you just almost got hit in the face. I grabbed the ball from him and it is a baseball and written all over it. It was a girl. And I just so happened to be able to see her in the crowd. I don't know how I saw her, but I did. And, and I knew it was her. And she writ, wrote all over it, like her phone number. And I love you, Andy Pettit. Marry me, Andy Pettit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. I'm glad that was you and not me. I would have threw the ball right back at her. I would have hit her, though. Oh, I wanted to. I'm telling you, here I am, this 23-year-old, 23-year-old sure. woman. I mean, I, to me, I'm still a kid in my, in my mentality because I was of not course. happy. <laughs> so, uh. yeah, little things like that were huge and you know, I can look back now, of course, and laugh because I'm older and, and wiser. But mm-hmm. back then, no, things like yeah. that tore me up. Sure. So. Oh, in my 20s, yeah, I would mm-hmm. have definitely thrown it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, at least let it roll. Or at least, yeah, roll. Someplace. Yeah, Barbara would have rolled in it In the gutter. <laughs> I know in, in 2007, I know people who follow baseball, you guys hit a little low kind of a dark period there where they were investigating steroids being used in the MLB. I remember seeing it all over. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so proud of your man because he admitted using, you know, the HGH, that human growth hormone to recover from an injury that he had. So he just was like right up front about it. Um, and HGH isn't right. illegal either, by the way. But at the time he used no. it and it was only for recovery, but because for the elbow, didn't he have an elbow injury? He did, yes. But did people put Andy, do you think, in the same category same category as they were, the people who were using steroids? Oh, gosh, yes, absolutely. Um, gosh, that was probably one of the most trying times mm. that we've ever been through. And, um, yeah, you know, just to kind of take you back, he, he was um, called out for using HGH, which at the time in baseball was not illegal. But it was illegal to get it without a prescription, and I believe his trainer got it for him. And, um, you know, he he strictly – Andy's a big team player, you know, and he was he was itching so bad just to get out on the field. And he had had a lot of elbow issues. And when he had heard, you know, that HGH could help speed up healing, um, you know, because it's a hormone our bodies make. That's right. And um, he – you know, he, he was like, you know, I'll do anything to, to help keep this healing up. So he did. He ended up only taking, I think, two because he just didn't feel right. Like, that's just, that's just him. He was like, you know what? Even though it's not illegal, I just don't feel right doing this. So he, he stopped. Um, but when it all came out, of course, you know, the media and just the newspapers and everyone made him out to be just this big drug user. And it was just, it was devastating at the time, of course, because he's so opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just his, his character, um, was just attacked mm-hmm. and, and, the, you know, lots of sleepless nights for sure. And, you know, having to go before Congress and, you know, I even had to do that. And it was just, it was a really hard time to just see that he was lumped in with, uh, you know, steroid users and, and all that, because, you know, I just, it really was unfair, you know, but honestly, I can say just from, you know, after everything, you know, we went through with all that, God used it, you know, God gave him an amazing platform afterwards. And, you know, I don't think anything happens um, without a reason behind it. And I think God always has a reason for things. And um, he just, he really used Andy. He, every stadium he went to afterwards to pitch in uh, with the Yankees, 
you know, even away teams, it was crazy because he would get standing ovations. You know, of course, mm-hmm. there would be hecklers and people, you know, really dogging him. But for the most part, he got such an amazing reception from the fans. Um, but I do believe in it because of his character and because of his honesty. And, and that's just kind of what showed through. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean, people always love hearing the Cinderella story, but there's there's pain and the suffering, especially when you're being bold for Christ, like you both are. I mean, you guys definitely don't deny your faith, and God uses it and multiplies it, and he worked all, all things for good through that. I mean, I just look at, yeah, the opportunities that Andy has, and wasn't he just, what did they induct him into? Like, he retired in 2011, but I thought a few years ago you guys flew out there and they made a statue of him or something. Is that right? Yeah, they uh, retired his number and had a big old huge Andy Pettit day. It was pretty awesome. Andy so he's got Pettit a day. <laughs> yeah, he's got a plaque out in Monument Park, which is the big like monument out there in, in at the in, back of center field at Yankee Stadium. It's wow. really neat with like you know all the Yankee greats. Oh wow. wow! What an honor. Now he yeah. retired, but then didn't he come back? He did. He retired for one year. Um, and then he came back and played a few more years, but the one year he retired, we just, I think he just felt like he needed a break. He was just, he kind of talked about it for a few years before that. And he just, you know, he just was like, I don't know, babe, I'm just really burned out. Like, I just feel like it's I feel like I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he took a year off and then, you know, he, the Yankees called him. We're like, come on, we need you back. We want you back. You know, they really, really wanting to come back. And I think that made him feel good, of course. But I just think one year off gave him just a fresh breath of, you know, yeah. of, of air to just, you know, get it out of the system and then get back in there. And he, no, he just needed to get splashed, awesome. Laura. He got splashed yeah, and rehydrated that year. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was able Bug to go yeah. back. <laughs> yep. So when he went back, how many years did he play? That was like, I'm trying to remember the years. I think it was like, but I'm, I could be totally right. wrong. I'm so not good with years. <laughs> Did he officially retire in 2011? Was it 2000? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's been five years. Wow. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you guys, and you have a new grandbaby. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. Yes, she <laughs> I know. Thank uh, you. And so Andy's not playing anymore. You, two of your kids are adults. So what's next for the Pettit family? Gosh, I don't know. You know, I just, we just live in life. I mean, <laughs> of course, my whole life is just, I feel like just been a mom, but um, a mom and a wife. But, you know, it's weird because my youngest is 13. He'll be in high school next year. And that just creeps me out. I can't believe, like, in like four to five years, we're going to be done. Like, mm-hmm. it's just weird to me. But, um, welcome to my world. You know, I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I'm, just so not, weird. I'm not ready. Since Andy's been retired more than ever. I've really struggled with finding my purpose. You know, like I said, now that my kids are getting older, of course I'm always going to be their mom, but let's face it, they don't need your, their mom as much, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's just part of life. And I get that, but it doesn't make it any easier. And, you know, I've gotten to, to places in my life over the last, especially over the last year and a half, two years, I've really struggled with some things. And I'm really struggling with okay, Lord, you know, what is my purpose now? You know, I'm in a really weird season in my life. I'm 44 years old, and it's like I've got a grandbaby, and that's, to me, just one of the biggest blessings I've experienced in a long time. But, um, but I mean, I know that there's something out there for me to do. I just don't know yet, you know, and I know it's more than just going to the grocery store and cooking. So, 
Right. You know, I'm just kind of in that weird season of like, okay, Lord, let's just, let's figure this out. Cause I don't know what you want from me and I don't know what to do here. Mm. And that's kind of been the hardest thing I think for, you know, since Andy retired, I mean, all the years that I, I was like, oh, I'm ready to be home. I'm ready just to have a normal life. I'm ready for him to be home with me and take the kids to school and da 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 da. But like, I'm not kidding. Once he retired, I was like, oh gosh, I'm not sure that this is good. <laughs> not because he's home all the time, but it's just like, it's kind of like my whole life was to, you know, do for him and follow him and make sure he's, you know, well fed and, you know, make sure I'm doing everything I need to do for him and to keep our family together and all this stuff. And then he came home, and it's like, all oh, that's over. Mm. Now what? Yeah. So just kind of you know, waiting, I, you know. Just, things that <laughs> pop into my mind is, you know, just the you're you have a gift for service. I mean, you're a child of God and we're not here just to be yeah. consumers, but we're here to serve and maybe get on a board or or take the success and use it for significance, you know, how God can multiply that and your story is so powerful. Or have a group of young moms that you mentor, you Titus mm-hmm. too, you pour into their life, you know. And even I mean, you mm-hmm. still you still have a, a thirteen a, year a old. 13 I mean, year yeah, old, I mean you have so... a lot going on. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, don't lose track of that. But even even <laughs> Even with that 13-year-old, just like you were saying, you know, to have a Bible study, to do something within that group of, of moms. I'm of young moms, of right. Young that are moms just, that yeah. you have so much right. uh, to Knowledge offer them and, and serve them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You know, we'll always no, take you on sure. the board here at skip1.org. You can be my Houston ambassador oh, yeah. over there, sister. I'll put you to work. You'll be like, oh, I'm busy, Shalene. I'm just busy, busy, busy. <laughs> No, it's it's true. I mean, I noticed it for me. I love your honesty because I think a lot of people that are listening um, think, what what's next? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost seventy, Laura, and I'm still wondering what my purpose is. You know, it's <laughs> oh, like God. we have those seasons. We <laughs> right. have those dry seasons yeah, where do. you're kind of like, okay, I've done all this and this and this, and I'm a grandma, mm. and that's awesome, and this. You know, and and then your your grandchildren are getting older. They're teenagers. They're getting married now. I'm like, oh my goodness! Yeah. Like, what is my where? well? And I think I think that you know I feel like Satan for so for so many years, and I feel like he's obviously still doing it more than ever. I feel like he attacks women. Of mm. course, he attacks men as well, but I feel like he really loves to attack women. And I think in in that area as well, just because like if he can get our minds. That's right. I mean, gosh. We have so much time now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, when you're constantly like, okay, I'm not worth this, I'm not worth that, or I don't have this kind of talent, or this to do this, or, you know, what is my purpose? I just feel like, you know, that's just, of course, a stronghold that Satan, you know, loves to use in our lives. And I think that's kind of where I've been. And I'm, I'm, you know, slowly getting out of it. But it's like, you know, you just, it's a constant struggle to have to constantly focus on the Lord and just making sure He is giving you, you know, direction in your life and you're not getting it from Satan. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from the outside, people think you had it all, you know, as the wife of an MLB yeah. player, but they didn't see your struggles and struggles that many of us have. People mm-hmm. listening right now, mm-hmm. Barb and I have. And I remember we talked about you writing a book, and that could be another thing, sister. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yeah, I you, knew you would bring that I'm up. I'm just saying. I all of a sudden it went ding, ding, ding. We talked about that, and I just think that I there's know, so much significance with that. And your story is so evergreen; like it can really splash people's lives and and let them refocus on the things to come, not on earthly things. And sharing your right. experience could sure. be that new purpose, you know? And it's right now just starting to yeah. jot things down like mm-hmm. you just did with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's never – there's no time limit on it for you. You can take your time. You can share stories like you just did with us today. But I think that a book would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah. No, I've definitely thought about it. You could call I it mean, the bottom of the eighth. Of- no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Stroking, it was a baseball term. My producers are like, what? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> okay, top of the third? No, oh, just yeah. kidding. No, I'm joking. <laughs> For sure. My producers are like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you, Laura, just for joining Mm -hmm. us. And we want to have you back in the splash zone when you can fly here because, Wes, what, what, go. I was just going to say, Laura, did you get to meet my granddaughter? I have not. I have not. Well, wait, I'll take it back. I met met her on FaceTime. Oh, you did? Okay. Okay. Well, just for our listeners. Yes, FaceTimed me and I... Hmm. I met I met Kirk and I met Chelsea and I met Bella and they're just so precious. Oh, okay. oh gosh, I can't wait to meet them in person. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just, again, you know, I was thinking about the time that, you know, it's been like 10 years since I first, you know, went to your your brother's church and spoke there and, and then Chalene was there. And I mean, we've just had this love for your family and your, your brother and his wife, oh. Michelle, and their children. And then um, just recently, my granddaughter was invited. Both yes. my granddaughters were I mean, invited to come and sing. And then the one granddaughter... At Second Mile uh, Church, ex- the new, yep, yeah, the the new, new church, church. Second Mile Church uh, accepted your brother's invitation to be the worship director at this new church. And She's I moving mean, to Texas. She's moving to Texas. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how God works, I right? Know. Unbelievable. I know. Well, thank it's you, awesome. Laura. And Thanks, thank you Laura. for sharing your family and your cool. story thank with you us. So much. And from all the way from Texas joining us here in the Splash Zone, we appreciate you. And those of you listening, oh, y'all. Thank y'all. keep splashing and keep splashing about the mm-hmm. podcast. Remember, you can comment on Instagram at the Splash Podcast or wherever, whatever platform mm-hmm. you're listening from. That's right. we Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. She's on Facebook. Yeah. So let's all just step up to the plate and splash it out of the park today. Ah, what do you think about that? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ba-boom, boom. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I need to go to a baseball game. I don't know. But, Laura, you're amazing. We love you. And we love your honesty. Take care. Uh, Love y'all, too. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.